That was awesome, Bailey, and I appreciate her sharing her talent and using her talent for the Lord. Introduce Brother Joel real quick, and some of you don't know him. Uh, he and I both, you know, don't hold it against us. Both of us grew up in East Texas, about 30 minutes from each other. We didn't know each other then. I surrendered to preach in 1985, and he surrendered to preach in, uh, just a little time after that. We both ended up in the seminary over in Minden, and uh, came to know each other then, and anyway, I had the privilege to be his pastor now the second time, and uh, in kind of a church that was helping one of the church where he was at for a while, and, and now he's our missionary again. I'm so thankful uh, for our friendship, but mainly his endurance in the ministry, especially what he's been through and his life. He, he said last night, oh, to be 25 again and know what you know now. Wouldn't that be great for all of us <laughs> to know what we now, know now and to be 25 again? What would we change? Which tells me and you there may be somebody in here in your 20s. You have so much opportunity to serve the Lord, to serve the Lord. And also, if you have children, you're raising them. Thank you for bringing your... That was a great group of, of in the pastor pals, wasn't it? And it's always a pleasure to see that many young people up here. And uh, pray for them. Even here in Hamburg, uh, it's a struggle. It's easy to be a Christian in this room, isn't it? But it's a struggle to be a Christian at work and at school. You would think in Hamburg and Ashley County, Arkansas, it would be easy. It would be easy. Uh, real quickly, and I know he'll reemphasize this, the, the faith promise is if you're a guest, just, just watch. Just watch God work through us. And if you would like to be a part of our church, we would love to have you. We have so many opportunities to serve the Lord, whether it be through our Sunday school, Sunday evening Bible study, our Wana ministries, our extracurricular ministries, which like upward basketball. Now, I get tickled at people at school and the community say, Preacher, I've been hearing a lot of good things about y'all's upward bound. And, and I'll say, uh, well, upward bound is a nice drug rehab program, but we have a sports ministry called upward basketball and cheerleading. <laughs> I said, that upward bound thing is good, though, and a lot of people call it upward bound. That is a drug rehab program. It's a good one, <laughs> and we don't operate that. There's a, there's a couple of good ones in Arkansas. John 3.16 Ministries is an addiction ministries, and it's a good one, too. And uh, so it is upward sports because they do a lot more than just basketball and cheerleading. But I want to plug you in. Listen, I know we're about to get the, the meat of the word up here. I'll put forth before you. Promised land's a great place to serve, but we are an imperfect church. So if you say that I'm an imperfect person, come be a part of our imperfect church as we serve a perfect Savior. We are an imperfect church made up of a bunch of imperfect people. And we are family, which means sometimes we get on each other's nerves. <laughs> which means you just have to forgive one another, give each other a hug, and go on and serve the Lord. Some people have let things or problems keep them away from Jesus. Don't let anybody or anything keep you away from Jesus. I met a fellow one time and said somebody hurt his feelings and he stopped going to church at ever. Well, I don't feel like we need to quit serving God. Ever. Never quit serving him. Keep him first. Brother Joel, our missionary, uh, you come and share with us what God has laid upon your heart. Well, with all that said and done, I looked at the new church director last night and our picture was left out of it. So I was offended last night. And I got mad and I've never really been offended before, so I guess I, I blame the pastor. Well, that seems like what everybody does, and I get mad, and I may leave the church out of this because, of you know, I'm just offended by that, but that's all right, though. As Anita said, I can get happy in the same riches I got mad in. So, anyway, it is good to be here with you this morning, and thank you for this opportunity to be here. Thank you for your prayers uh, for me and my family this last year. Uh, it's uh, quite a different attitude uh, with me and my family now. 
It was this time a year ago, uh, but uh, thank the Lord for His prayers, uh, not only for your prayers, but literally we've had people all over the world praying praying for me and uh, my family, and, uh, and I thank the Lord for that. Uh, but uh, it's uh, going good. We've, we're, we've about got it whooped, sounds like. Uh, still got some uh, nodules on my lungs that we're trying to get rid of, but uh, even you know, even when we get rid of these, I'll still be on uh, chemo for the rest of my life. Uh, I take the chemo pill, uh, and the hopes is that after we get rid of it and go a couple more scans, another six months to a year or so with it being gone, they'll be able to cut back to like a maintenance level, so not be so so much chemo and and uh, maybe lay off some of the side effects that go along with that. Uh, I was here for vacation Bible school, and a lot of you walked by me just high nose and didn't even recognize me, and, uh, and so uh, so it kind of felt like a visitor here. So and I took names. I knew I know who were ignoring me. So, uh, but anyway, but it's good to be here. Thank you so much uh, for your prayers. This will be the uh, let's see here at Promised Land. This uh, go to Israel leaving Thursday morning for Israel. Anita and Blair and I are going for a missionaries retreat over in Israel. It'll be a week over there. So that'll be the fourth time I've been to Promised Land this year. Uh, two times I was in Texas earlier, uh, here, and then next year. So that was a joke, by the way. Anyway, all right. So, uh, <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse fifteen. Second Corinthians chapter ten. It's kind of been our. If you've been here this past uh, past couple nights, it's kind of been our starting point. Uh, our, our scripture, you know, you know, that we've looked at. It kind of guided our thoughts. We've we've talked about faith. Uh, third Friday night <coughs> and Saturday night. And for those of you that were here. You've heard this apology. Let me say it again for those of you. Uh, one of the many side effects is chemo is uh, high blood pressure. Uh, so I have to take high blood pressure medicine. One of the side effects for high blood pressure medicine is it makes me cough all the time. And so, uh, so I have to drink water because my throat hurts and everything else goes along with that. So you just kind of just, uh, I'm learning to live with it. Surely you can for the next, uh, next hour and a half. Alright, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and when he's talked about bringing his, preacher's gonna preach so long, he brought us lunch, those two behind me just, <gasps> I turn around, I said, relax, relax, I'm not gonna preach that long, oh my goodness, they were packing up, getting ready to leave, some are going to the bathroom already, and, and things like that, so, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15, we've talked about faith the last couple of nights, we've talked about faith promise, and let me say this, before I read, uh, on your card, again, this is for members of Promised Land Church, not for our guests, <coughs> Excuse me. Remembers, but one of the things there that you check off is to pray daily for world missions. You can do that. Uh, look around some of the prayer cards you might have on your refrigerator, or some that's around here. And in the mornings, take time, even with your children, take time and just pick out a missionary one week that you're pr- you're going to pray for. Uh, also, it says fast one meal per week for world evangelism. A lot of times, you know. Fasting, a lot of times, easy. We get so busy that we, we, we skip a meal, maybe breakfast or lunch. But it's not just skipping a meal. When you fast, if you give up a meal uh, during the day, uh, use that time to pray. Pray for your missionaries. Pray for your church. Maybe use that time to find one of your missionaries that we support. And if you don't know the missionaries we support, ask uh Ask those on the mission committee to get some information. Send them an email. Just like, you know, hey, I want you to know I'm from Promised Land Church, and I just I prayed for you and your family, and just pray. Is there anything that we can pray specifically for you? Uh, you can do that through email. You can do it on, find them on Facebook. It's fine. Maybe send a card. Uh, you know, people still use the uh, U.S. Postal Service. Send a card for that. Read, read the Bible. Read some of Paul's writings in the book of Acts and and things like that. He talks about missions and things like that. Use that. Don't just fast, but use that time. Fasting is not just giving up something. It's giving up something and replacing it with God. The things of God. Something to do with God. So always remember that. And also, another reason we do the cards is just so we can have a record, an idea of how much money will be coming in each month to give to missions so we can budget it out to give to different missionaries. That's the only reason we fill out a card you know, it's between you and the Lord. You don't sign it, anything like that. Uh, this money that goes into faith promise is set aside in completely different, uh, not account, but it's, it's not to be used. It, it's, it is not or should not be used in the general fund at all. It is specifically for missions. And so we, we ask you to fill out a card just so we have a record. So if we get $2,000 a month uh, commitment to do this, then we can average out that we can support missionaries $2,000 a month. Uh, because you want to be able... 
to support, faithfully support, you know, a missionary. And, be, and pray about that. Find a missionary, a, church, a missionary that comes through here and presents his vision. And you catch hold of that vision and you want to faithfully support uh, missionaries. And then if you make this commitment between you and God, be faithful in giving. Because you say, well, I don't, you know, money's tight this week or this month, or I'm not going to be able to do it. Well, you know what? That affects the missionary that you're supporting. Now, a lot of you, a lot of people say, well, missionaries, they ought to live by faith. They ought to live by faith. And, and of course we do. We all ought to live by faith. Uh, and we ought not take it personal. But as someone that's been on the foreign field and a church drops us because the offerings are down, we take it personal. It bothers us. It scares us. You say, you don't have enough faith. I'll remember that next time your salary gets cut. All right? And so, uh, and then, then we'll, then we'll talk. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15, he says, not Paul's talking about his ministry. And he's trying to defend his ministry, and and he he, he if you read all of this in context, he's uh, he's not he says I'm not going to talk about what other people are doing. He says I want to talk about what God is doing through me, and he says not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labors, but having hope. Now this last phrase is kind of our our thought for all for the whole weekend that when your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. So what Paul is saying, he says, when your faith, talking to the church at Corinth, when your faith is increased, when your faith in God grows, and, and when your faith grows, when, listen, listen <coughs> anytime your faith grows, it's not a private thing. It's a public thing. Your faith is known by your works. James talks about this with Abraham. Your faith is known by your works. And Paul says when your faith is increased, when your faith in God is increased, when it grows, he says we shall be enlarged. Our ministry, the mission work that we're doing, we will be able to go farther and reach farther with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's why we do faith promise. That's why we've been talking about faith the last couple of years. And so when your faith is increased... Remember that. When your faith is increased, and we talked about this week that there is a connection between the faith of the missionary and the faith of the church. It takes just as much faith to give the missions as it takes faith to go and do mission work. You can't have one without the other. We're going to talk about this in a few moments. But also in Romans chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. Romans chapter 4, verse 20 and 21, here Paul talks about Abraham and the faith of Abraham. And notice he says in Romans chapter 4 and verse 20, it says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that, when he, that what he had promised, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. And so we're talking this morning about faith promise and giving faith promise and giving to missions because uh, I think any time we can raise our standard of giving to missions, that's the most important thing we can do as a church. That's the most important thing that we can do is support missions and support the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so faith promise giving is giving above your tithe and above your offerings it is God doing through you what He would normally not give to you. It is God working. All you are is just a conduit. God giving through you to give to others. We have been blessed by God to be a blessing to others. That's what faith promise is. And there is a tremendous need in the world for us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well over half the population of the world has never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. They have no influence there. They have no testimony. There is no light in their country and among their people group about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we have an awesome responsibility to give and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, how can we accomplish this? Who will go? How will we get there? How shall we stay there and do the work? How does God provide for the ones that go? All of these questions deserve an answer, and God has given us the answer in the, within the pages of His Word. Listen, there are four things that makes mission work possible. There's God, there is you, there is missionaries, and then there is the people that we reach. And if you take out any of these four, it all falls apart. 
God lays upon our heart to, to go into the world to share His gospel. It is up to churches like Promised Land Church to be able to, 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 to fulfill this great commission. By the way, the great commission was not given to the Salvation Army. It was not given to the feed the poor. It was not given to all these organizations of the world. Not that any of those are bad. They, they perform a, a vital service. But listen, the, 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 the job and the commission, the charge to evangelize the world was given to the Lord's New Testament church, to, to this church. And so it is up to us. Also, it takes someone has to go. You support me. You send me out. You send other missionaries. Brother Ravala, you help support other missionaries as they carry the gospel to the world. And then there are people that need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Faith promise giving is not the only answer to fulfilling the gospel of the Great Commission, but it's a great way to do it. It's a great way to do it. So let's talk about faith promise. Here in Romans chapter 4, Paul is talking about Abraham. Now, we know the story of Abraham. Abraham was an old man. Uh, God chose Abraham in Genesis, called him out, and said that he would make him the father of many nations. He would bless, his, and bless him with the children, and with, through his seed would come, we know, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Well, everything about Abraham and everything that was known to people that time There's no way that could be accomplished. Abraham and his wife were well past childbearing age. And by the way, who would want a newborn baby at 90 years old anyway? I mean, my goodness alive. There's a reason God gives them to young people. (laughs) All right, But, But God called Abraham. And there is no way that Abraham could have done this on his own, but he believed in God. He trusted God. He didn't know how it was going to work out. <coughs> he didn't understand how could one man at this age be the father of many nations and, and, and all. He didn't understand any of that, but he simply trusted in God. Listen, and that's what faith is. Biblical faith is believing in the promises of God. Faith is believing and embracing the promise, promises of God to us. Faith is doing, is God doing for us what we cannot do ourselves. That's what faith is. God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. If we can do it, there's no faith involved. There's no faith involved. The moment we do it ourselves, there's no faith involved. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, do these apply to the promises that God made to Abraham? Absolutely. There's no way. He, he just trusted. He told Abraham to leave. Abraham left. He said, I'm going to show you a country that I'm going to give to you and your descendants. He'd never been there before. He didn't know where he was going, but he followed God. It was God. He embraced the promises of God. He, he trusted in God, even though he didn't understand how it was going to happen. Even his wife laughed when found out. When he told that she was going to have a baby, you know, you're going, we're going to have, you know, we're going to have a nation through you. Sarah laughed. But Abraham believed. Did he understand? No. He didn't. But he, he believed in God. Now let me ask you this. What about your mission giving? Has, prom- has God promised anything about your mission giving? Well, let's talk about giving. Let's knock some things out of the way first so we understand it. In Malachi chapter 3, <coughs> verse 7 and 10, 7 through 10, Malachi chapter 3, verses 7 through 10. Give me time to turn there and they give me time to get a swallow of water. And by the way, talking about faith, I told you we're leaving Thursday to go to Israel. There's they got a problem with explosives over there in Israel, by the way, right now. Uh, my mom's not happy about us going, so. <laughs> but anyway, so y'all pray for us as we go over there. Malachi chapter 3, verse 7. It says, even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? God says, in tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a cursed. Cursed, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. Improve me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out of a blessing, that there shall be room enough 
to receive it. Now, what he's talking about here is the tithe. And from Abraham all the way through to the New Testament, the Bible talks about the tithe. The tithe is what God expects His children to give to Him. Okay, the tithe. And the tithe is what you can do. It's what you can do. God, and tithe means 10%. And, you, and, and, and do not even consider filling out this card and giving a faith promise offering if you are not tithing to this church. Because tithing is what God commands all of His children to do. To give t- 10%, I think, by the way, I think 10% is a good place to start. But He gives, He, he, re- he requires, He commands that we give 10% to Him as a, as a way, as a, as a show of gratitude for everything that He's done for us. And a tithe is what you can do. There's no, there's really not much faith involved in that. Uh, it's what you can do for yourself. And so, all of us, as God's children, ought to be tithing. Even, in case you're wondering, even while we were in Belize, we gave a tithe to this church. Even though we were with Good News Church, now we gave offering to the church there, but we didn't give our tithe. We, we tithe to this church because this is the church where our membership is. Okay? And so, and so you've ever wondered about that. That's a, and by the way, it's why we have a church treasure. She took care of that for us. Uh, and so, uh, so we, we tithe. Why? Because we're members of this church. Even though we're living in North Little Rock and we live in a house provided by Faith Baptist Church, and uh, when I'm not visiting other churches, uh, we're there, you know, we're faithfully there working at Faith Baptist Church, worshiping to them and, and trying to be a part of them. But our tithe goes to the church that we're a member of. And so that's what God requires out of all of us. Now, also... Now, we, so let's get the tithe out of the way. I don't, there, we shouldn't discuss that anymore because that's what God expects. Uh, you know, there should be no more question. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, as a parent, you tell your kids to do something, they say, why? Well, because I said so. That's the end of the story. God tells us the tithe and all, we all just follow Him. All right, now, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 8. Talk about this grace giving and this kind of the principle of, uh, of faith promise. Uh, grace giving, faith promise giving. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And by the way, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 and also parts of chapter 10 is where we get uh, a lot of this faith promise. And so go back and reread all of this uh, at your convenience if you have any questions about this. Uh, it, but chapter, one, chapter 8 verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Now, this church was a poor church. I want you to understand this. This church was a poor church. I mean, they were poor. He says, verse 3, For to their power I bear record. That means they did what they could do. He says, Yea, and beyond their power. They were willing of themselves. And so they, they gave what they could. That's their tithe. But they also gave beyond themselves. And they gave, what that means, the principle here, is, is what we're, in the context of all of this, is that they gave their tithe, they gave what they said, their own power, what they could do. But they also gave beyond themselves. In other words, they, were, they, they had a heart to give to Paul. And by the way, we know that, we know that this is, applies to missions? Because let me ask you something. According to the Bible at this point in history, name me, who was, who was, the, who was a missionary in the, New, in the New Testament? Who went about doing mission work? Paul. If you want to know if it was a mission-minded church or not, look and see if they supported Paul, because Paul was really the only missionary we had. So Paul's talking about them giving to his ministry, giving to missions, and they were willing... And by the way, they beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gifts and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. Paul was taking up, uh, also what he's talking about here, he's taking up offering to give to the saints in Jerusalem because they run to persecution and uh, a big, uh, uh, not drought, but uh, no rain, not drought, it's football season, drought, a drought. There was a drought going on there. It is football season. <laughs> and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. And so much that we desire Titus, that as he has begun, 
he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye have bound in everything, in faith, and utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. And I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. And so this command, he says, what I'm telling you is not a command. It's not, I'm not talking about the tithe, but what I'm talking about is you giving by faith through love. And so this is, so this is what grace giving is. They, they gave of their power, then they gave beyond their power, beyond themselves. First they gave of themselves, and they gave beyond themselves. And that's what grace giving is. That's what faith giving is. It is what the Lord can do through you. There's no way this church should have been able to give any more than what they were giving, but they were because God was giving it through them. You understand? That's, that's the whole principle of faith promise. It is God giving through you what He would not normally give to you. It is something that, that's, under, I want you to remember that principle. Now, also look in Philippians chapter 4. And we have the example of the great Philippian church and their love for missions. If you ever want to know how to love on a missionary, if you ever want to know how to take care of a missionary, go to Philippians chapter 4 and you read verses 10 through 20. And look at this great example, this church they gave. Uh, he says, but I re verse 10, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. They loved Paul. Paul was in awe how much this church loved him, how much this church took care of him, and, and the little things this church did for him. He says, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly of your care for me has flourished. And he says, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. They wanted to do more for Paul, but they didn't know how. Now, as a church member, as a former pastor, as a former pastor who sent out a missionary, and as a missionary, I want to tell you, you never can do too much for your missionary. And I'm not saying that because I want this, or, you know, I want all the praise and gifts. Things. Listen, can you ever love someone too much? Paul says, you wanted to love me, but you didn't... He never had offer. He couldn't. You, you wanted to do more. He was just in awe of how great this church is. He says, "Not that I respect that I speak in respect to want. He's not that I want anything anything from you. I'm not fishing for a compliment. You know, I'm not trying to fish. You know, you know, Pastor Appreciation Month's coming up. You know, so I'm just saying that we. You know, I sure do love the. You know, these preachers. They not Brother Michael, of course, but they. You know, they fish for all these things. He says, "I'm not saying." All of this because I need or want anything, for I've learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. But notice he says their communication here. He says, I know both how to be a base, I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, <coughs> both to abound and suffer Christ. He says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. He's talking about doing the work of God. He says, listen, God's been good to me. And I'm not, I'm not bragging on you so I can get something in return. Because God's going to take care of me. But he, just, he, he was just in awe of them. Then he says, Notwithstanding you have well done that you did communicate with me in my affliction. They didn't leave him alone. They communicated with him. They, he was in prison. You know, they wouldn't know how he was doing. He says, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. They were, listen, only one church, this church, was there for Paul when he needed someone the most. Verse 16, for even at Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. They were giving to him in all of his travels. They were giving. He says, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Again, he said, I'm not saying all of this. I'm not bragging on you that I might get more in return. He says, I'm telling you this because the more, because you've blessed me, he says, I know it's not blessing Paul. It's because you've blessed the work that I'm doing. God's going to bless you. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's not that he, he, he's, I'm excited for what God is going to do for your church. 
And anytime you get involved with missions, and you give to missions, and you pray for missionaries, listen, God is going to pour out His blessings on this church. And this is what Paul's trying to tell him. And he said, notice, he says, for he said once and again, he was regular. This, this church was regular in their giving. And this is why you fill out the cards to give so much a week or a month, to be regular, consistent in your giving. And once and again, once and again, once and again, he says, verse 18, But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Ephroditus the things which were sent from you, like a care package, I guess. An odor of sweet smell and a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. They sent enough to help. And it was pleasing to God. He says, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, we, we quote that Scripture, verse 19, quite a bit. But to read it in context, he says, well, my, but my God shall supply all of your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We read that all the time, every time we go into a building program or something like that. But the context of the Scripture is, when you give to missions, God will supply your needs. Do you get that? Well, it's awfully quiet out there. This Scripture applies. Now, we can use it for a lot of different things, and that's fine. But God supplies the needs of those that give to missions. That's what Paul is trying to say. Now, jump back over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 through 10. Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 10. Paul says, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or, grudgingly or necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye also, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, He that dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor his righteousness and reigneth forever. And he that ministers seed, minister seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. And so, these are the promises that God has made to the grace giver. This giving, it is a gift that God lays on our hearts. This is why when, you hand these, when they handed these out, he says, don't turn them in today. Go home and pray. God, how much would you like for me to give to missions? That's what he says there in verse 7. Every man according as he purposes in his heart. Whatever God lays upon your heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And we use love, God loveth a cheerful giver. We use that talking about tithes and offerings, but in the context, he's talking about faith promise giving. It is a joy to be able. Most people won't pray that because they don't want to give to missions. Most people say, well, you know, I, I need to just shut the preacher up. I'm just going to we'll just give $5 a week, you know, $5 a month to missions, you know, that way we say we've done something. That's not cheerful giving. That's not cheerful giving at all. That's just, that's just you know, you're doing it because you have to. Out of necessity, you know, you feel like you're pressured. No, this is between you and God. It's between you and God. The giving is what God has laid on our hearts. The, I, I told this story Friday night. The very first time I heard of faith promise giving was about 20 years ago. I went to a missions conference in Florida. I heard about this. I got all excited. And all week long, I said, I'm going to give $20 a week to missions. $20 a week to missions. How great. And I was a missionary in South Louisiana. And I want to give $20 a week to missions. I wasn't going to give it to myself, by the way, to other, other missionaries. And I got all excited about that. Then I made that long drive back from, Orlando, from Winter Haven, Florida, which is outside of Orlando. I made that long drive back. And the long, closer I got to Jennings, the more I thought, $20, $20. There's no way I can afford eighty. That's $80 a month. On a fifth Sunday, that's $100 a month. There's no way I can do that. And I was scared. And the closer I got to Jennings, the more scared I was. Because why was I scared? Because I had a wife. But I had to tell that I done promised the Lord we're going to give $20 a week to missions. Well, she wasn't thrilled about that. But we did it anyway. And that's one of those things now in our marriage I can look back on and look at her and say, Ah, you were wrong and I was right. <laughs> and that's one, the one thing about it right there. But anyway, 
Our gratitude, our attitude in this grace giving is not grudgingly. It's not to be done with the motive that, well, I'll do this if I have to. It's not of necessity. It's not a pledge or a contract or something that you're, you're forced to do. It's your choice to do it or not to do it. It's your choice. It's, it, but all we ask is that you just honestly pray about what God would have you to do. And be a cheerful giver. When you write out that check each month to give the missions, understand that you're giving it to the greatest work in the world. And that is the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What promise do we have? Here's the promise. Now, I don't know how... All I know is, you know, we can sit here and say, if I give this much, God's going to give us this much back. Or he, I, don't, I don't know how God's going to bless you, but we have a promise. And this promise is found in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Here's Jesus speaking. He says, give... Here's the principle. Give, and it shall be given unto you. God says, give. Jesus says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men, <coughs> men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now, he says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. When the ladies would go to the market and they would buy wheat or buy flour, they would have their apron. And they would go and they would sell it by like the apron full. Ever how much you could fit in your apron, you know, it costs this much money. So they would take their apron the bottom and they would hold it up, make a little basket like that, and just fill it up. Well, what happens here? A pile of flour, flour, you get a pile there, right? What happens when you shake it? You ever put your buy flour and you go home and put it in a bucket or something or a canister there at the house? You pull in there, well, that's all going to fit in there. Just shake it a little bit. What does it do? It all settles down. And you put a little more in there, a little more in there. And so that's what they would do. They would go there and buy this, and they'd pile it in there and say, wait a minute. They'd shake it. They'd go down, bring in a little more. Shake it a little more, a little more, a little more like that. And until it was all, they couldn't fit any more in there, and it was flowing, running over. Okay, that's the principle. Maybe maybe it was like a bucket. You know, in Belize, we'd go buy corn, or we'd buy, maybe we'd buy the corn mill and things like that. And, you know, and you know, we buy it by the bag and things like that. That's you know, we shake it, make sure we got our money's worth. That's the same principle is here. He says, Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure you meet with all it shall be measured unto you. In other words, this is it's the principle of the sow and the reaper. According to how much you give, that's how much God's going to bless you. If you give grudgingly, you're not going to get much from God. And listen, I'm spoiled enough that if God's passing out blessings, I want to be in on it. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, this is what he's saying. You give, and God gives back. God will give through you what He would not give to you. Now, by the way, it's not what you think you can... It's not what you can give. It's what God can give through you. Well, I'll tell you what, I think we can give... Uh, I think we can give $20 a month to this. Now, can God use that $20? Absolutely. But if you know, well, this is what, I, this is what we can give, $20 a month, $5 a week, whatever it is like that. That's not really God. That's not faith. Because you're doing what you can do. And I think the most, the most reason, one reason, and people never really pray about this, because they, really, they don't really want to give more than what they think they can give. They're afraid they really pray God's going to give a number on their heart. And it's going to be way more than what they thought. So don't settle with what you can do. Pray and ask God what He can do through you. And you just say, God, God, I believe you've laid this amount on my heart. I want to give this much each month to missions. And God, I want to trust you to supply it. And God, we have the promise of His Word, the principle of His Word, that He can and will do that. Listen, faith promise giving is a biblical plan for systematic, purposeful giving above the tithe to the ministry, missionary ministry of this church. And we had this every year to kind of renew it, to think about it. Maybe 
every year you look back and you see how God has blessed you this past year. And so you pray, and maybe God wants you to increase that. And the more you increase, the more faith promise comes into this church, the more missionaries you can support. The more missionaries you support means that more places hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So begin praying. Let me ask you, what is God saying to your heart right now? What is God saying to you right now from His Word? What are you going to do with what God is telling you right now? Remember, the church here at Corinth, they first gave of themselves. It all starts with salvation. God gives you the faith to be saved. He gives you enough faith to trust in His Son Christ as your Savior. And He's faithful. If you ask Him to save you, He'll save you. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you're the reason that this church exists. It's to tell you how much God loves you. And He's a merciful God. You say, you don't know what's going on in my life right now. How can you say God's a merciful God? Because God has brought you here this morning to hear the Gospel one more time. He's a merciful, loving God. Why not trust in Him as your Savior? If you are saved, where are you serving Him? Where are you serving Him? You say, well, I'm visiting this church here. And here's the thing, but I, I'm a member of this church. I'm the worst church member they have. I'm never here. I'm never here. So I don't know who's a visitor. I don't know who's a visitor, who's a member. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. But I do know this. If you've visited here more than once and you like it, I'm pretty sure this is where God would have you to be. Now's the time to unite with this church. And then you get to fellowship with awesome people like myself. With cool hair and everything else. And you get to be a part of the greatest work in the world. And that is lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. What an awesome, awesome job it is. You know? And it's just it's fun. It really is. It is fun. What is it that God have you to do? Maybe you are saved. Maybe you are a member of this church. Is God working on your heart now about this? What would you do? What will you do? Whatever it is God's laid upon your heart, why not take care of this morning? You come down here and you talk to Brother Michael. Set up a time with him afterwards maybe to speak. But if God, I've learned this. If God's dealing with you, that's the time to move right then. Right then. Because the devil will make... If you wait for another time, the devil will make sure you'll never get that other time. If God's dealing with you this morning, this is the time for you to move. What is it God would have you to do? As we stand prepare for a song of invitation, our Heavenly Father, we thank You for the blessings You've given us. Thank You for Your watch care over us. Thank You for Your Word that tells us about You. And it just shows us Your love and Your mercy. And thank You for Your Son who loved us and died for us on Calvary's cross. I just pray there's one here that's lost, that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, they don't know where they're going when they die, this would be the morning that they trust in Him before it's too late. I pray for those of us who are saved, uh, especially members of this church, that we might make a commitment, that we might pray and trust in You and make that commitment to live for You even more and to give to missions so that more people will have a chance to go to heaven. Thank you for this church and what she stands for, Father. Just move upon our hearts. Whatever decision needs to be made, I pray it be made this morning. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Brother Michael.